0: Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, thank you so much for this time that we are about to have with you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We pray, O Lord God, that Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener that is here today, O Lord God. Heavenly Father, only you know the needs, the desires, the things that are going on in every single listener's heart and life, O Lord God. So I pray you will minister to them today in your own special way. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you. Take it where you will, for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God. Thank God we shall rejoice in this day because this is a day that the Lord has made, and we shall be grateful and also glad in it. Amen. So why don't we turn in our Bibles right away to uh, John chapter 5. And if you don't have your Bible, now would be a good time to hit the pause button, um, go and get it, and uh, come back and you know hit, hit play to uh, finish hearing this message out. It's always good to have your Bible so you can read along with us and see for yourself what the Word of God is saying. Amen. And, and mark, mark things up, you know, highlight and you know, make notes and so forth. You'd be surprised how beneficial this can be to you uh, in future dates when you're reading the Word. Amen. So John chapter 5 and starting with verse number 1. After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, Which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Okay, so there was a pool there, and it was named Bethesda, okay, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Okay, for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool, and troubled the water, or stirred the water. Whoever then first, uh, whoever then first, after the troubling of the water, Stepped in, it was made whole of what, whoever the disease he had or whatsoever disease he had. Okay, in other words, they had this pool. You can kind of picture it, you know, a large pool there, and around it lay a lot of people that were paralyzed, they were sick, and so on like that. And they were waiting because it was said that on various times. Okay, the Bible doesn't say at what specific times. It just says at a certain season. Okay, that an angel came down into the pool and stirred the water. Okay, and then whoever could get into the water. Okay, was made whole. So, can you imagine all of these people sitting around this pool? And it says there, Whosoever then first, after the stirring of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatever disease that they had. So, if you can kind of envision, envision all these people sitting around the pool, all sorts of conditions, some paralyzed, sick, God knows with what all diseases, all right? And the word was that an angel would come down periodically. Again, the Bible doesn't say when or how frequently it would happen, but an angel would come down. And whoever could get into the pool first would be the one that would be healed. Now, can you imagine all these people around, and there's one pool, and it doesn't say how large, but I imagine it was a large pool, how with all of these people, how they would be scuffling and struggling to get into that water. Whoever got there first, they were looking for healing. They were expecting healing. They felt that they knew that if they could get into that pool where the angel was stirring the water, that they could be healed. Okay. Then we see in verse number five, and a certain man was there, which had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lie, lie and knew that he had uh, now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, "Wilt thou be made whole? Okay. So Jesus spotted this man who had this, they'd been uh, uh, paralyzed, had an infirmity for 38 years, and Jesus spotted him and asked him, Will thou be made whole? So he's asking the man's will. He's asking the man's will. So before I even go any further here, let me ask you what is your will? What is your will to be made whole? Okay? And that being made whole could be infirmity, being healed from infirmity. It could be a financial a bank account. It could be something else that is going in your life. It could be something with a relationship, your husband, your wife, or another family member. Maybe someone on your job, someone at work. But would you be made whole? Okay? Being made whole indicates a lot of things in our lives. Uh, and even in the Word of God here, in this particular case, he was speaking to a man who was ill and was asking, would you be made whole from your infirmity? But then Jesus also asked you that too. What is your will? Okay? Okay? Do you want to be made whole? Do you believe that Jesus can make you whole for whatever the situation that is in your life right now? Okay? And I ask you that now. Would you be made whole? All right? Continuing on here, it says in verse number seven, the impotent man uh, answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Okay, so now we see here that this man is in a way, he, well, you know, he's giving excuses, you know. He's saying here, he, here that sir, he says, I don't have anyone to get me into the water. Okay, he sees all these people that are around him and everything, and when the time comes when the water is being stirred, he has no one, he's saying, to pick him up and to get him into that pool first. Okay, so while he may want to get whole, he's saying, though, he's giving an excuse for why he can't do it, why he cannot make it to where it is that he needs to be. So when God asks you, do you, you know, are you willing to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Okay. What is standing in your, in your way? Or what are your reasons for things that are standing in your way by your perception? Okay. Do we have all sorts of excuses in life? Well, I can't do this because of that. I can't do this because of this. Um, this is trying this is hindering me. You know? You know, I don't have the qualifications. I don't have the experience. Uh, um, um, I don't have the faith. Okay. What other excuses do we put into our lives to prevent us from, uh, from, from achieving you know, or, or for, for gaining what God has for us? Okay. Okay. Jesus is asking you to you be made whole. now. So now if you're saying yes, then what are you saying is your excuse for not being able to be made whole? What's standing in your way? Okay. He says that I, I can't get down to the water in time. I have nobody to help me. Okay, to get me down there in time because everyone else seems to get there before me. Everyone else seems to get there before me. Do you see others in your life, in your circle, getting someplace before you? Do you feel like there are others that are achieving things in this world? They're they're making significant gains, you know, they're accomplishing things. They're getting there before you, okay? Are you measuring your success by the amount of things or the amount of accomplishments that others around you are making? And therefore, you feel that, gee whiz, everybody seems to be getting someplace besides me. Okay? And I can't get there because of X, Y, and Z. I have all of these things, a list of things that's preventing me, but other people are getting there before me. Okay? Right? Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Simple as that. If you're reading a red letter Bible, then these words are written in red because this is Jesus doing the speaking. Rise, take up thy bed and walk. Simple as that. Hold not a whole lot of fanfare. Simple. Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately, verse nine, immediately, the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Okay, so Jesus gave him a command: Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And the man didn't hesitate. He simply there was a, there was an action. Okay, action taken. He picked up his bed, took up his bed, and then he walked. All right. So when God says to you, "This is what I want you to do," do you take action in it? Do you take action? All right? You've been praying for things, and you've been asking the Lord for some insights and some revelations in terms of what it is that you need to be doing, you need to be doing, or maybe even need to stop doing. Do you go forth and do you immediately take that action? Do you rise and take up your bed and do you walk? Do you walk with and run with the thing that God is telling you to do? Or do you hesitate still making those excuses for why you cannot succeed? Why you cannot achieve the things that you've been praying for? Maybe God has already spoken to you. This is what I want you to do. Are you hesitating in doing it? Are you holding back? Or are you willing to simply rise, take up your bed, and to simply walk, as this man did, okay? And once he took the action, he was able to do it. Now, he had this infirmity, it said, there for 38 years, okay? In verse number five, it said that. He said, a certain man uh, was there which had an infirmity 38 years, all right? Now, all of this time, but on this particular time, as an act of his will, he decided to obey what Jesus told him to do, to rise and pick up your bed and to be able to walk, okay? So I say to you today, don't hesitate any longer. If God is speaking to you and giving you some insights, giving you some direction, then it's time for you to rise and take up your bed and to walk, to do whatever it is that God is telling you to do. And start having some faith in what it is that he's telling you to do. OK, if God is saying to you that you can achieve this or this is what I have given you, then you need to start acting accordingly immediately. Don't be putting it off until tomorrow or next week or next month or whatever. You do it right now, right now, as God is telling you to rise up and take that bed and walk. OK, it's as simple as that. OK, there's, there's no uh, hesitancy about it. There's no hesitation. There's no thinking, well, Jesus, I may not be able to do this. Other people may get there before me. Okay. You know, the pool is so crowded. I have no room to get there. Okay. maybe the conditions around you, maybe there's a lot of competition for whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. But if God has given you some directions and telling you to take an action, now is the time for you to take this action. Okay. Right. Because what winds up happening here is that, you know, we sit around waiting for someone else to do something like he was waiting for someone to take him into the pool. Okay? and he's been trying to do all of these things he's been trying and trying it appears by, by the scripture here instead of just trusting God so how many times do we try instead of just simply trusting how many times do we do we, do we rely on, on on some other actions you know simply of our own instead of simply trusting in what Jesus is telling us to do okay and simply by taking his command and obeying Okay. All right. You see, you see this man, he was trying. I laid, I laid all of these years, but every single time I try and I cannot succeed. Okay. There is no one there to help me. I try and I cannot succeed. So the thing here, the, 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 this message is really about to stop trying and just trust. Amen. Stop trying and just simply trust, trust in God. It goes on to say, Um, that uh, verse number nine, I'll read again. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Now this happened to be on the Sabbath. Now verse 10, the Jews therefore said unto him, said, said unto him that was cured. It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. Okay. So now they see this guy here who's been, he's been healed and everything now. But what they're focusing on is the fact that this is the Sabbath day. And, and, and in the old belief here, on the Sabbath day you shouldn't work. Okay, even something like carrying your bed was considered work and you shouldn't be doing it on the Sabbath. And they said, they said said unto him that it was cured or healed, it is the Sabbath day, it is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. Okay, now here they are focusing on the fact that he's carrying his bed and doing work on the Sabbath instead of even thinking about and wondering about and being amazed at the fact this man was miraculously healed, okay? They're not focusing on the miracle that was done. They're focusing on the pharisaical concept of you shall not work on the Sabbath, okay? That's all they're focusing on, okay? So many times in our lives, you know, we wind up Uh, overlooking or looking beyond the miraculous things that God in our lives, God has done in our lives, and we focus on some other things that are not important, okay? Healing, picking up his bed on the Sabbath, in terms of where Jesus was coming from, certainly was not the issue at hand, but they didn't even focus on the miraculous act of the man being healed. It says, it is unlawful for thee to carry thy bed. Okay. And so the man answered in verse 11, he answered them. He that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. So he's telling them what Jesus told him to do. Take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, what man is that which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? Okay. Now they're curious. Who is it that would tell you to violate the rules of the Sabbath, to pick up your bed and walk? And he, verse 13, and he that was healed, wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Okay, so there was a whole lot of people there, and he didn't know, the healed man didn't know who it was, and Jesus had just slipped himself out of there anyway. And there was a huge crowd of people there. So they're asking, so he's basically saying, they're asking him, who told you, who told you to pick up your bed and walk on the Sabbath? Okay, and he's saying, well, I don't know, because there's so many people there, and Jesus was gone. Verse number 14 says, afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. Come unto thee. Okay? Okay? Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Okay? So now Jesus addressed his physical condition by giving him the physical healing. Now he's talking about his spiritual condition. And he's telling the man to go and sin no more, okay? Unless unless a worse thing come unto thee, okay? So go forth and sin no more, all right? So if you're doing anything in your life, by the way, that is contrary to the Word of God, or you're not doing what you should be doing in accordance with the Word of God, God does this miraculous thing in your life. Take some, take some heed about how you're living your life. How, what is your spiritual condition, you know? Are you doing what God is telling you to do, or are you, are you not doing, you know, what God is telling you to do? Or are you breaking God's uh, rules, His commandments, and so forth? Alright, okay. Once you've been set free like that, you do not want to to run the risk of of going backwards again. Okay, and once you open the door, once you once your house has been cleansed, that's, you know, so to speak, as the word says, of demonic activity, and you've been delivered, you don't want to open the door for more demonic activity to come back in, because then you wind up being in a worse state than you were before. Amen. Amen. So so give some thought to that even. Okay, okay. We, we, we can't go through life expecting God and watching God do miracles in our lives and then backsliding and slipping backwards because then we wind up being worse off than we were in the first place. Amen? Amen. Verse 15, the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Told the Jews it was Jesus that had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath because he had done these things on the Sabbath okay now at this point in time they're not even talking about the fact that he had healed somebody they're not even talking about you know how he could have possibly healed them right now it's all on this pharisaical thing about doing works on the Sabbath this is what they were upset about okay And it says that, and therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Just because he healed someone, which is a good thing, which is a good thing. They were uptight and upset because Jesus did these things on the Sabbath. Okay. This is one of the main reasons that Jesus came to, to shake up the religious order of the day. They were so far missing the mark about what God intended for them. They were so caught up in the pharisaical religious ways that they they could not see and understand what Jesus was doing or what Jesus was talking about, okay? And it's the same thing with us today. We need to throw off the blinders, you know, cast aside the blinders and the chains of so-called organized religion and simply go and talk about what the Word of God is telling us to do. This is how we're supposed to be living our lives. We cannot go by man-made interpretations of what the Word of God is saying. This is what the Pharisees were often doing. And this is why Jesus came to really upset the apple cart there. Jesus was a maverick in his own time. He came and he upset and and destroyed the religious, quote-unquote, religious order of the day because they were so pharisaical in their ways and not even opening and making ways for the miraculous workings of God. Here Jesus healed a man miraculously. 38 years this man had been trying, 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 instead of trusting, 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 trying, 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 trying to get to that pool. Jesus says simply, "Rise and take up your bed and walk." In other words, trust in what I'm saying. I'm telling you to rise, so that Jesus is basically saying, "I'm telling you to rise." So therefore, he had asked him before, "Will you be made whole?" So he's asking the man's um, um, willful condition, so to speak. Okay, and, and man, obviously he acknowledged, like, "Yes, you know, yes, I will." And then he says, "Okay, get up." Okay, So the man simply trusting in Jesus, not thinking about whether it, whether it was the Sabbath, not thinking about whether or not the law said that this could happen on the Sabbath and that Jesus could do this thing. Jesus simply told him to rise, take up your bed, and walk. So he simply trusted him and did what he said. Okay, But the Pharisees couldn't see that. They were uptight and angry with Jesus because of the fact that he did this miracle on the Sabbath day. Then we see in verse number 17, But Jesus answered them, My father works hitherto. And I work. Okay, my father works hitherto, and I work. In other words, words. God worked on the Sabbath. At least in, in terms of things like this, God's work. God works on the Sabbath. God can heal on the Sabbath. God can heal you any day of the week. God can bring healing and restoration to whatever it is that you're wrestling with any day of the week. Okay, whether it's the Sabbath or any other day any other time God is in charge and God can, can can render healing and wholeness to your situation whatever that may be at any time okay So Jesus said, my father works hither, hither, hitherto and I work Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Okay, so they're like, oh gee, what is godly day? Now not only is he breaking the law by he by working on the Sabbath and healing on the Sabbath and doing something else and encouraging someone else else to work on this on the Sabbath, but now he's calling himself one with God. That he's equal with God. So now they're really, really I'm starting to get attacked. Verse number 19 says. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, say I unto you. Remember what I said about verily, verily. And you see the words verily, verily. That means like, hang on, because here comes a dynamite truth. Okay? Verily, verily, say I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For what things whoever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Okay? So he's telling him that I'm acting on my Father's behalf, and I'm imitating what my Father does. Okay? Okay? Nothing that I do is of me. What I do is of the Father. Okay, What I do is of the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself. Jesus is saying, nothing I can do of me, just by myself. But what I see the Father do, for, whatever, for what things soever he does, these also does, doeth the Son likewise. Okay? Right? Then he goes on to say, For the Father loves the Son and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. Okay, so he's saying that there's many more works to come that you're going to be marveling about, okay, because I'm doing what the Father is telling me to do. The Father loves the Son and shows him all things that himself doeth, and he shall show himself he shall show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Okay, again, again, the Father raises up the Son, uh, raises up those, and then I will, the Son, will also raise up also accordingly, based on what the Father tells me to do. For the Father judges no man, but has committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honors not the Father which hath sent him. Verily, verily, here we go again. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death into life. Amen, amen, amen. So the key there is, verily, verily, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me. So if you hear, if you hear Jesus' word and you believe on the Father that sent him, okay, and have, have everlasting life and shall not go into condemnation, do you believe the word of God? Do you believe that God the Father sent Jesus Christ? Amen, amen. Well, if you can believe all of that, then you have to believe on what Jesus has the ability to do in your life. You have to believe that Jesus has healing in his hand, that Jesus can bring about whatever those things are that are missing in your life. If you've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then he is faithful, he is faithful, he is faithful to bring you to where he wants you to be successfully in this life that you're living here on planet Earth right now. Okay, all right. We have to stop trying to do things ourselves. We have to stop trying all sorts of angles and trying all simple, simple things that we can do to bring about a, a desired result in our lives. And stop trying, but to trust. Stop trying and to trust the Lord. Amen? 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 You know, we look at works all of the time to bring about a, a desired end. You know, we look at what can we do, what can we do? Well, what you can do is simply to trust in Jesus. Jesus said that I come to give you life eternal, life everlasting, life eternal. Uh, 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 Jesus, had, Jesus came, he, he died on the cross and was resurrected, defeated the enemy, and set us free from the dominion of darkness and sickness and death. So we need to stop trying to do things and to simply trust in Jesus. Simply trust in Jesus. Okay. Okay. That man that was at the pool there, you know, he was always worrying about and trying to get someone else, uh, someone else to help, to help him, instead of simply trusting in God. Amen. Amen. The the pool of, of Bethesda, by the way, it was used in ancient times to provide water for the temple. And the name of the pool Bethesda is Aramaic, and it means House of Mercy. House of Mercy. And John tells us right there that a great number of people, the same people, used to uh, would hang out there, so to speak, just waiting and hoping to be healed. Amen, amen. But but you know the thing is, is that is that the Pharisees, after what was done, and they saw what was going on, they were just so terribly stressed over the fact that Jesus was working on the Sabbath. Okay. Pharisaical law, Pharisaical law. Okay. So 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 the, the crux of this message, and to the point is that we have to stop relying on other things. We have to stop relying on other actions that we feel need to be taken in our lives. We need to stop struggling to get to the pool, so to speak, thinking that, oh, if I can only struggle and claw my way through to get to that pool where I can be healed, then everything will be good, everything will be great. We have to stop thinking about, gee, what email can I send? Who can I call? Okay, who can I wait for? If I could only accomplish this, if I could just get to John to speak to John, you know, if Mr. So-and-so, if Ms. So-and-so would just give me a call. Every single time I step out to do something, you know, someone else beats me to it. Someone gets there before me. Jesus is saying to you today, would you be made whole? Would you be made whole? Okay, and in and, 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 and answering that question, that means then I'm going to stop relying on those that are around me. I'm not going to be waiting for someone up to give me a lift up, to boost me up. I'm not going to wait for a letter of introduction to come from someone before I apply for this particular position. I'm going to stop waiting for so-and-so to give me a call. I'm simply going to trust Jesus. God is saying to you today, pick up your bed and walk. Pick up your bed and walk. Pick up your bed and walk. So now that means that surely, if Jesus was to appear right there in the room with you right now, and this issue that you have before before you that you're, that you're wrestling with, okay? If Jesus was to appear right now in your room and say to you, this is what you need to do, go and do it, okay? Or, or not even, this is what you need to do. Simply say, go and do this, right? Go and do this, okay? Go and do this. If Jesus appeared to you right now and said to you, relative to that situation, relative to that thing you're wrestling with, go and do this, you need to pick up your bed and walk. You need to go and do exactly what he's telling you you to do. Don't try and reason. Don't try and rationalize why Jesus said this. and, And don't go looking at the circumstances around you. Oh, my gosh, there are so many people lying around this pool. How am I going to get to the water? Don't go wrestling with There are so many other situations going on around you that it's going to be impossible for you to do what Jesus is telling you to do. Don't sit back. It's time for you to stop trying and to simply trust. Stop trying and to simply trust. Stop trying and to simply trust. Whatever it is that God is telling you to do, this is what you need to do. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? We walk by faith. We walk by knowing that this is what God wants me to do. This is what Jesus is telling me to do. I'm not going to look at all of those people laying around the pool there just blocking my way from getting in. I'm not looking at all of those people that are in front of me for this particular thing that I'm trying to achieve in life. I'm not looking and, 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 and waiting for them to move out of the way so I can get through. Jesus said to do this. Pick up your bed and walk. It's as simple as that. Amen. Don't waste any more time. Don't waste any more time. Okay. Okay. This is not going to be, this is not going to be a long um, um, drawn out message because I want it to be simply to the point as Holy Spirit is giving it to me. And that simply says to stop trying so hard to accomplish things in your own self. In that quiet time with God, he's going to give you some instructions. In that quiet time with God, he's going to give you some direction. God knows what is going on in your life. He knows the issue that is troubling you. He knows the fears and the anxieties and the stresses that are there. He knows the things that are giving you a hard time. And God is giving you some direction right now that what he tells you to do to simply take up your bed and walk. Don't try and rationalize it. Don't try to rely on other circumstances, other people, other things. Simply take up your bed and walk. It's time to stop trying to do for yourself and simply to trust in the name of Jesus. Simply to trust in the name of Jesus. Amen? So who will be so bold today to do exactly that? Who will be so bold? Make this the first day of the rest of your life. Make this today, today the first day of the rest of your life that you're going to stop trying to do things on your own. That you're going to stop making excuses for things not happening in your life. That you're simply going to trust, to trust, to trust. You're going to stop trying and simply to trust. Okay? Remember that God has a good, good plan for your future. He has good feelings for you for the future. Okay? It's only us that stand in the way and make all sorts of reasons why and excuses for why things can't happen. All the way reason why things are not happening. Amen? 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 So go forth and simply trust in God. Amen. I challenge you to it. Go forth and simply trust in God. Right. Right. There's an opportunity here Saint. don't let it just slip through your fingers. Don't let it just slip through your fingers. The an opportunity here. the opportunity for you to trust Lord God Jehovah, the God of the universe. He goes through this message. He's speaking to you today. He's speaking to you today to take up your bed and walk. Not tomorrow, but today take up your bed and walk in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I pray this message was a blessing to you. And I pray that as you go through the balance of the day and the week ahead, that you shall remember these words and and trust the Lord God to just bring you through whatever it is that you need to be brought through. Amen. Amen. And I pray that if this message has been a blessing to you, I I pray that you pray about sending on the links uh, to these podcasts so that someone else may be blessed, so that the Lord may speak to them. You can find us at www.genesis.one. I'm sorry, Genesis 1. One word, genesis1.sermon.net. Again, genesis1.sermon.net. Okay, and on that page, if you look in the upper right hand corner, there'll be a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button, then you'll be notified uh, when these sermons are are released. Automatically notified when these sermons are released. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Again, go forth and be blessed. Remember, stop trying, but simply trust. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord. We pray that as we go through the balance of the week that we shall retain these words today and to stop trying to do things on our own, but to simply trust in you, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, God, we, again, we just praise you. We magnify thy most wondrous name, and we stand and we wait on you for all things in our lives. In the matchless name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. Again, go forth and be blessed. And remember that Jesus is Lord.